ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿಯೋಮ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ಒನ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಸೊ ಟುಡೇ ವಿ ವಿಲ್ ಡೂ ಮನೀಷ್ ಪಚಕಂ ವರ್ಸ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಒನ್ ಅಂಡ್ 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 ಬಿಫೋರ್ ವಿ ಡೂ ದಟ್ ಯು ನೋ ಲೈಕ್ ಅ ಸೆಟ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಚೇಂಜಿಂಗ್ ದ ಫಾರ್ಮ್ಯಾಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಅವರ್ 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 ಪ್ರೆಸೆಂಟೇಷನ್ ಸೊ so subhu will chant today first and uh, you know we will go forward with the chanting and you know try to follow the chanting as much as possible at our end so we can uh, probably understand the words uh, split and all that and subhu over to you hey thank you very much and haryom everyone um so this is something that me and rajesh i mean and uh, sakuba discussed that uh, you know in our satsangs before we go into an open discussion can we spend a little bit more time on the verse to understand the meaning a little bit more so we are just putting it in three four buckets uh we are trying it for the first time so you know uh, just bear with us and please be open to any modifications anything that we may want to go forward so we will stand for the chanting and uh, then we will break up the words into you know uh, transliteration try and understand what the words mean and then we will try and sum up the overall uh, communication in terms of translation uh, then we can open it up to the you know discussions for the uh, uh, entire team so i'll start with uh, manisha panchakam with the first answer <clears throat> uh, the earlier slide please yeah yeah, yeah okay okay right okay so so what you see here is actually you know in every line i've given some breaks so actually the first line has got three breaks and you will sign a see a hyphen which is actually breaking the entire line into three parts similarly the second uh, you know line is broken into four parts and similarly the third line into three parts and the last line into four parts so that's how this uh, chanting will go okay so jagrat swapna susuptishu sputathara yasam vidujumprate ಯಾ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾದಿ ಪಿಪೀಲಿಕಾಂತನುಷು ಪ್ರೋತ ಜಗತ್ ಸಾಕ್ಷಿಣಿ ಸೈವಾಹಂ ನೃಶ್ಯವಸ್ತುತಿ ದೃಢ ಪ್ರಜ್ಞಾಪಿ ಯಸ್ತಾಸ್ತಿಚೇ ಚಾಂಡಾಲೋಸ್ತು ಸತು ದ್ವಿಜೋಸ್ತು ಗುರು ಇತ್ಯೇಷಾ ಮನೀಷಾ ಮಮ ಸೊ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ we will just go to the next slide where the breakup of uh, the words are given uh, sakku can you just go to the next slide please yeah yeah so the first two lines is jagrat swapna shushuptishu uh, what it actually is referring to is the three states of uh, experiences that one has so jagrat is the wakeful state swapna is the dream state and shushuptishu is the deep sleep state okay sputathara refers to something which is really shining you know i think we have heard of spatikam right so sputathara refers to something that really shines samvidu is actually referring to consciousness and jrumbate is all beings so essentially what is being said is um the consciousness is shining across you know uh, all the beings and in all the three states of jagrat swapna sushuptishu the second line is ya brahmadi pipilikanta tanushu brahmadi refers to the adi brahma the creator uh, adi narayana okay the and pipilikanta is pipilikanta is actually the ant so right from 
the the size of an ant to that of the highest creator okay um this is tanushu is in all the living bodies prota embedded and indwelling jagat sakshni and is a witness of everything so what is being spoken about the consciousness here is that uh, right from a small uh, ant to the brahman right uh, it is something which is indwelling in all the human uh, all the living beings and embedded and indwelling and is a witness for everything that actually happens in the prakriti yeah the third line and the fourth line just go to the next uh, slide yeah saivaham nacha saivaham is actually you know um, i was just listening to um, you know uh, spj's uh, uh, you know lecture uh, sarvapriyananda's lecture and uh, there he makes a mention of saivaham which actually says sir evam aham okay sir relates to god and aham is uh, you know uh, i uh, and uh, so it basically says i am that right and uh, saivaham nacha drishya vastviti drida pragyapi astasti chet so what it actually is referring to here is uh, drida pragyapi is something which is you know with sheer conviction right um, and remains verily the same you know across uh, uh, you know uh, everything uh, chandalostu may that person be a chandala satu dvijostu dvija here referring to basically twice born um, be it a chandala or be it a you know dvija who is the twice born um guru ityesha manisha mama which is basically saying um guru is actually the real perceptor uh, the, the real guru and uh, manisha mama is the conviction that uh, you know shankaracharya is actually uh, speaking in these words saying that this is my conviction that somebody who sees this be it a chandala or the dvija uh, is the real perceptor and whatever body he is encased in um you know uh, that is my conviction that he is the real perceptor so summary uh, these four lines actually translate to uh, saku just go to the next slide please yeah so i'm just reading it out now for you um so basically it says uh, let's learn that the indwelling uh, atman is distinct and shining in all the three states the wakeful dreaming and deep sleep states uh, it is the invisible thread embodied and embedded in us and it is a witness for uh, uh, witness within all the creator up to the tiny ant so right from the small ant to the brahman it is a eternal witness and uh, it is not a cognizable object so it is consciousness and in spite of any amount of material intelligence um uh, one can call it a you know a cognizable object it is very much the same in one and all irrespective of caste creed or any kind and the conviction is that uh, the great one who inculcates this concept is truly the guru the real perceptor so this is the translation of the first verse of manisha panchakam um we now uh, rajesh i'll hand it over to you and uh, maybe you can take the discussions forward yeah awesome uh, sukut so first of all thank you and uh, sakuba for putting this because uh, you know a uh, couple of them uh, you know reached out reached out saying that hey you know do not expect that everybody knows sanskrit sanskrit words and uh, you know we have to probably um, at least familiarize people so i think this is a great attempt uh, let's see how how far we can go with this and then we can um, you know this way even if the even if the people are not able to participate in the rest of the session at least they've gotten a hang of 
how to break the words and how to understand it thank you so much both of you thank you rajesh and i think uh, the more we do i think the more we will be able to connect the sanskrit words and yeah. spend a little time understanding them you know so that's the reason uh, that's about it awesome awesome so um, before Great we open up for the discussions you know just i want to quickly uh, summarize what we discussed in the last uh, satsang uh, quickly going back uh, the last satsang was uh, about uh, the introductory verses to anisha panchakam so effectively um, there is the shankaracharya who is coming away from ganga after his bath and he sees a chandala and uh, they have a conversation and the, and uh, the conversation is all about chandala uh, uh, the uh, shankaracharya or one of his disciples asking uh, the chandala to move away gacha gacha and the chandala asks a very very poignant question saying that hey whom are you asking me to whom are you asking to move away are you asking this body to move away or are you asking this uh, atma to move away if you are asking the and then he goes on to say that if you are asking the body to move away then that is ridiculous because the body that i am of the chandala is the same body as uh, what you uh, shankaracharya have and if you are asking the atma to move uh, then that is ridiculous again because the atma is everywhere so whom exactly are you asking to move so that's a very powerful question coming from someone who's a quote unquote considered as a low caste in those times when caste was pretty big uh, uh, uh pretty pretty big uh, division um, of of the society and shankaracharya was trying to break uh, break this particular uh, uh, division and uh, you know we also discussed the fact that you know it may it may have potentially been uh, uh, someone else who had said that and shankaracharya would have uh, uh, used this opportunity to kind of present present that there is no difference between a dog eater a chandala and a brahmana and then and then burst forth with manisha panchakam there was also another discussion saying that it was actually shiva who was in the form of chandala who was trying to uh, uh, test whether uh, uh, shankaracharya who who knows this atma gyanam whether he is still within uh, whether he is behaving as if he knows the atma gyanam or, or not and i think that is a very beautiful uh, uh, discussion that we had where we said okay even if sometimes people know who they what their true nature is sometimes they don't behave as such as spiritual seekers i think that's something that we have to keep uh, cognizance of uh, and then we also discussed a little bit about uh, you know uh, <laughs> some some questions related to gunas and how does it manifest within ourselves what is the impact of the gunas on people and uh, 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 and what 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 does it mean and how to understand one's own gunas so that was the context in, in which what we discussed and there was one part of it which we had uh, not discussed in detail which was how does this consciousness break itself down into the three constituents which is uh, pure sattva and then uh, conditioned and then what is the condition what what is it that conditions the consciousness because uh, alpana uh, left a little early and uh, we tried to explain that but then we said okay in the next in this satsang alpana will spend maybe 5 10 minutes to explain those tables what was there and i think it's important for us to uh, go through the tables revise the tables a little bit so that we can understand the next set of shlokas a little better so with that uh, uh, over to you alpana Thanks Rajesh. Um actually I uh, can you hear me well? Yes. I'm not putting on the video because the connectivity is quite uh, low here. So um I'll I'll try to go through, you know, those tables. Alpana so, can you speak a little louder or put the mic closer to you? 
let me increase the one second let me where is the speaker microphone yeah so hello is it better a lot better mm. thank you okay so so the table that refers that is referred to in the that pdf that i had shared you know so first it talks about triputi so what is a triputi uh, there are 14 triputis you know that are spoken about in in uh, vedanta so i'll just give example it is like gyata gyan gyeya so gyata is the knower gyan is the knowledge and gay is the object of knowledge so like that they have said there is one triputi specific one they spoke about here which is avachedak avached and avachin so um, avachedak is the one which is the conditioner of the consciousness so what it is trying to say is i think uh, rajesh had taken a very good example of a glass and the uh, space in the glass so Glass is the conditioner of space. That is the avichedak. Then avached is the conditioning of consciousness. So like if we take the um, triputi of drishta, drishya, darshan. Drishta is the one who sees. Drishya is the object that is to be seen. And darshan is the process of seeing. Mm. Or the in, in case of jnana, it is the knowledge. So in darshan is the process of the seeing. So avached is the conditioning of consciousness and avachin is the conditioned. So when we say the space within the glass, that is the space is the conditioned uh, in the in the glass, it is the conditioned space. So that is the triputi that they speak about that any process to be fulfilled like Gyata, Gyange, Darshan, Drishya, Drishta, you need three of these things. Um, and, and that's what it started with. And then within each one of them, they were trying to say there are three categories. So if you take example of a glass and a space, it is a vyashti, which is individualized. Then if you take a room, which has many glasses, then room becomes samashti, which is filled with a lot of glasses or all the glasses that are there. So samashti is at the uh, cosmic level. Whereas Vyashti is at the individual level. And then the last one is when there is no creation. So it is Shuddha. So in case of an individual, Avidya is the Vyashti. And then all of them put together, which is known as Ishwar, is the Maya. And then Prakriti, which is before the creation or after the dissolution of the creation, it's the Prakriti, which is in equilibrium. So none of the Gunas are in dominance because for a Srishti to happen, first Rajas needs to be in dominance. That's how the creation happens. And then Tamas takes over, you know, from which all these objects come into play. So that's why those are the three pillars in which they have compared the Avachedak. So what is conditioner of our consciousness? So in case of uh, individual, it is the Malin Sattvagun or Avidya. This is from straight from Tattvabodh. For Samashti, it is Maya, which is the Shuddha Sattvagun. 
and in the pure form it is the gunas in the equilibrium and then what is the consciousness known as which is the one conditioned which is known as avachin or upahit so you you can also think of upadi is the title and upahit is the one to whom the title is given so the space which is the glass space which is the individual space is the is the jiva and with with the entire maya which is the room is the ishwara and the entire one when there is no creation the entirety of it which is akhand is brahman so this was the this was the um, the context given to explain the three examples that are there in that particular verse so if you go to the next one there are three vad so vad is you can either call it as a theory or you can think of it as a model so this is where i just wanted to go into there are many vads that you hear you know there is srishti drishti vad there is drishti srishti vad there is ajat vad and then there are this parinam vad vivart vad so what are these different vad so first if you think of how this uh, uh how this creation is um how how does an individual sees this world about this creation theory so there are three vads for that srishti drishti vad that first the world exists and then we come into existence and we see it then the second one is drishti srishti vad that first the consciousness existed and then this creation came so the drishti came first the awareness came first and in that this whole creation exists and then the ajat vad is there is no creation so this is these three are the theories how an ajiva sees the jagat then the second set of theories are how brahman became jagat you know so how that transformation if at all happened so for that there are two theories which is parinamvad and vivartvad parinamvad is like milk changes into curd so whatever is the original it transforms into something else so that is one theory and then the other one is vivart like you see um, snake in the rope so the rope has not transformed into it but it is the snake is superimposed on it so those two are then how the theories are describing how brahman has transformed into jagat or how it appears to be in the jagat then the third set of theories are how brahman is related to the jiva and that is these are the ones which are described here so the first one is pratibhimbavad pratibhimbavad is that say if you have a pot with some water and you see the reflection of sun in it pratibhimb is reflection so there is one bimb and if there are many pots you will see many reflections but in this pratibhimbavad the reflection is taken as real so that is one and hence the first example where it speaks about the sun and its reflection um it is using this pratibhimbavad the second one is avachhedvad avachhed is limiting so there the example taken is again that pot and the room and pot is this thing so in avachhedvad the the theory is that there is uh, one whole thing and then we are part of it so each each one little part becomes an individual so so this this is the 
limiting theory. Um, so, so these two are, and then the third one, which is not mentioned here, which is actually the one which Shankaracharya has uh, propounded is the Abhasvad. So in that also, there is reflection, but reflection is not real. It is just a superimposition. And that is how we explain that on the rope, there is a snake because the snake is not real. That's how this world is not real, but it is only Abhas Matra. It's only an illusion. Uh, it is a superimposition. It is just an appearance. So, so those are the three Vad I thought I'll just explain here. So the first two examples given in that verse, the Pratibhimba Vad is about the reflection and that the reflection is real. The Avached Vad is that there is whole, which is uh, also known as Vishishta Advaita, that there is whole and we are all parts of it. Um, this is true in case of, uh, you know, the, when we consider Hiranyagar, which is some total of all our individual um, subtle bodies, but then subtle bodies are part of it. So each part is, uh, uh, can exist as an, uh, as an entity to, uh, for the, for any transaction purpose. And Abhaswad is, related to Ajatvad, that there is no creation, but it is only an appearance. Um, so these are these are different Vad. And how that appearance happens is, you know, different Khyatis, if you hear. So just wanted to, to clarify what these different uh, theories are. Um, back to you, Rajesh. Any questions, I'm happy to answer. Awesome. Wonderful. Awesome. So Thank maybe you, we'll just take a couple of minutes to, you know, ask Alpana, if any questions, if we have anything, and then uh, probably we can go off into aha, aha, aha moment discussions. So before that, just a, just a note, you know, Shankaracharya was also known as uh, Mayavadi because he propounded this concept of uh, uh, the world is an illusion, which is like like the uh, snake on the rope. The snake is seen by us, but it's actually not there. Hey, Alpana, thanks. That is that is good. Is there like a script or a book that uh talks to these concepts, Alpana, the way you just laid it out is really powerful. So, so actually this I've pulled from different sections from Vichar Sagar. Actually, okay. Vichar Sagar is a book which will have all the concepts you can think about. So the Khyatis that I was mentioning, there are six types of Khyatis. Uh, why the snake appears in the rope? There's a, there are like, I think 50 pages on it. It's a, Got it. <laughs> <laughs> So, so it is, it is a great book and Swami P has lectures on it. Um, only 690 lectures, but, <laughs> but. We will do good going back to the true Pitsian style. We'll do good with some notes. <laughs> we want a summary of a summary. Huh? Hint, hint. Yeah, no, it's, and he says it's his favorite text and I can see why, because it has any concept you so is, is it, it was originally written in hindi and translated into sanskrit by brahmanand saraswati so this is one work which is done other way around okay it was originally hindi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. there are 690 lectures by swami Pion. yeah <laughs> and he's wow. not done yet there are some 50 topics oh. still to go and where can you find those uh, they are on that Sat Prakashika app. Oh, they are on that. Ashtra Prakashika. Uh, app. Yeah. 
Shastra pra oh, wow. Prakashika. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Yes. 690 hours, a thousand hours. Okay. Interesting. Actually, no, no, no. 690 was uh, Bhashya. And they're the Sanskrit lectures. Hindi one, he has reached 400 and he still has about 100 topics to go. So he's suspecting it will go to about 700 lectures eventually. Yeah, it just seems. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Sandeep, you have a question. Yeah, hi. I, uh, talking about Shankaracharya, uh, can you guys discuss the discuss Shankaracharya and the elephant? I'm sure you've all heard the story about an elephant who came charging and uh, Shankaracharya went and hid or saved himself from the elephant. And you know, yeah, people so asked him if that's yeah. Go ahead, Sandeep. And I don't know what asked, the story is. Uh, people ask Shankaracharya that if the elephant is unreal, as you say, then why why did you you know hide from the elephant? And uh, so I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this story. I, I've not heard the story. I've, I've not heard this, this book. I've not heard the story. Yeah, no, I have heard it. There was a there was an elephant which was charging in a narrow lane, um, and the the Mahat said, "Move, move, move away," and Shankaracharya moved. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then somebody asked that, why did you move when you say it's all unreal? So, so I think uh, the, the answer to that is within Maya with, for the transactional reality. So there it is there. And, and I think the answer he gave was, uh, I know, but the elephant doesn't know <laughs> that it is all Mithya. That, that was a very... <laughs> so, so actually, Alpana, one more reversion I've heard, um, now that you spoke about this thing, right, is that, um, you know, there is God in the Mahout also who's asking you to move away, right? Um, so that was, the, that was the other version I've heard, yeah, correct. Now, now it comes to my mind, yeah. Yeah, so those are the two answers generally given. But Sandeep, I think the point is, uh, there are different levels of reality. So within that reality, there are certain, certain laws. But it, so there is a causation in Maya, which which has, uh, 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 what do you call, it? there is a cause and then there is an effect. So, but but the eventual goal is to transcend that. So as per, I don't think Shankaracharya wanted to move or uh, from the body perspective, because the body, for them, it doesn't matter whether the body stays or not. Uh, even if uh, the elephant would have, uh, you know, trampled the, the body, Shankaracharya would have been fine. But uh, because he had come with a purpose of uh, uh, teaching to everyone, so so he saved his body till, you know, that task of uh, writing all of those uh, scriptures was done. And then he left the body and went away. But at no point he was in doubt that he's, he's not this body and mind. Beautiful. Guns? You're hey, muted, can you huh? hear me? Yeah. Now we can hear, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, um, 
I just wanted to add that I haven't heard the story. Also, it's very interesting, and um, I'll go check it out. The uh, the other thing too is like I think in uh, later on in uh, in this verse itself, he talks about the three states, right? Uh, so even in the dream state, uh, although we might see some fantastic things, uh, even there the fear and reality persists. Re- reality in the physical world type of reality it persists. So whether we are dreaming or we are awake, uh, unless you are in deep sleep where you are the closest to the Atman. Um, you will still be running away from the elephant uh, unless you become uh, in your dream a superhuman to fight the elephant or or whatever uh, in some cases like i'll tell you one of my dreams which was very very interesting i watched just uh, an episode of stranger things and then that night uh, i uh, i dreamt that i was in a suv uh, uh, by a car with uh, four of the children from stranger things and we were riding the highway and then we we flew uh, on top of the highway and the highway was having a steep downward slope and uh, then we did a smooth landing on the on the downward slope of the highway and we all we all laughed at each other but then i felt the loss in gravity you know i was free falling and i i woke up and i said oh <laughs> so so the fear was there even in uh, even in the dream you know so that transactional physical uh, real reality per our understanding from birth i think definitely persists um, i i so vividly remember that dream even thinking about it is like uh, it is a little fearful for me and why does the dream pers- why does that feeling persist is it because of our identification with body and mind it is uh, yeah i want to protect uh, myself right when i say myself it is my body starting with my body and and my entire you know the boundaries within which quote unquote the i am right like wh- whoever it is that is talking right now i want to protect that and survive as long as i can that's the natural instinct uh, of the mind so in in addition to identity there is also conditioning we are conditioned like that yeah yeah so just to, just want to add to to sandeep that uh, by even after these understanding it's not that in the transactional reality uh, any of us will stop doing i think that was part of one of the discussion that we had that it's not that we'll leave our ambitions or we'll try to make this world a better place to live but it's just that the it takes away just the anxiety part and the outcome part uh, that is probably one of the biggest uh, benefit of having this understanding so if nothing is real then what is real you are real ye sach ya wo sach na ye sach na wo sach sirf tu hi sach yeah i love that story
king janaka right yeah it's a janaka story yeah, yeah, yeah. Can one of you want to narrate that story of uh, King Janaka? I I know it in parts, but uh, anybody knows it better. <laughs> so I think, I, um, I, yeah. I Ajay, can give it. Okay, Ajay, go ahead. So no worries. Don't go ahead. Okay, I was just uh, going to give the Swami SPG version. He does it the best. So uh, King Janaka is this very big king, and then he is uh, living royally in his uh, palace. amidst all this uh, various wives king children and all the soldiers and all the big kingdom one day he goes to sleep and then suddenly in the night a soldier comes and wakes him up and says king king please get up our enemy king is attacking us so in the night he gets up and then he wears all his uh, army clothes and everything and then he goes to fight and then long story short they all lose the fight and then uh, pretty much all the people are captured all the soldiers are killed the generals are also killed but the enemy king says oh you are a king i cannot kill you so i'm just going to let you go out i'm going to confiscate this entire kingdom i'm going to let you just go free so you should walk out of this kingdom so king janaka has lost everything and then he is uh, dressed in a poor garb and he is running out of his own country and nobody would feed him because the enemy king has said he is not a citizen of this country anymore he is considered a enemy and a traitor uh, so king janaka keeps walking for a long time he has not had any food or anything to drink and finally he comes somewhere by a neighboring country where uh, there is a village and there is uh, feeding uh, they are giving annadanam in anashala right so he goes stands in the line for the food at least to get some morsel because now he is in a foreign country but by the time his opportunity comes to the front the food is over so he begs like give me something i have not eaten for a few days so they scrape literally the morsels from the bottom of the barrel give it to him in a bowl is about to eat and then a crow or a eagle comes up and then knocks over the thing and eats up all the leftover food too whatever has fallen down and janaka uh, is so tired he faints and then he gets up and then he finds of himself in the uh, palace again in his royal palace again as a king in his king's clothes so normal people would have dismissed it as like a nightmare and then gone on but king janaka being very wise he asks a very profound question am i king janaka who just dreamed that i was a beggar who did not have food or i am i really a beggar without any food who is now dreaming that i am king janaka he doesn't know which is the real truth so he keeps asking a such ya o such is this true or is that true so everybody and nobody could answer and the king keeps on repeating this question nobody could answer but uh, coincidentally sage ashtavakra passes through the kingdom so all the king's uh, ministers and other sages there say hey maybe you can please help our king and then king ashtavakra comes to the court and uh, asks and he could by his intuition know that janaka has seen this dream and he is asking a very profound question so long story uh, short it's like the entire advaita vedanta summary uh, so he says this is not true that is not true but you are the truth in both the cases there was something that you identified as you which is always watching all the different states as a beggar and as a king janaka in waking in sleep and whatever and you always are that constant it's only with that constant we are able to see everything so to he such that's how he ends the story and that story is so beautiful because it it also ties in very very nicely with the first line of uh, the manishas panchakam that we are talking about here thank you so much uh, everyone so beautiful yeah it's wonderful yeah. krishna very nicely said Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you.
So yeah, is that Swami scripture? SPG, scripture is like, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, this is Swami SPG all along. Like he repeats this in many places, and anytime he gets an opportunity to pitch Ashtavakra or Janaka, Swami SPG will do it. So can I understand this a little better? Neither is this true, nor are nor is that true. Neither are you a king, nor are you a beggar. But you are the true reality. Is that correct? Yes. Correct. Yeah. I think your confusion might come from the word "you," uh, because we are always. Uh, thinking of you as like the body the mind the intellect our family starting from like outside all the way to inner uh, inner selves and that is how far we go but the you that is mentioned here or either in tatvamasi or aham brahmasmi when the guru says the you or when uh, the mahavakya says aham brahmasmi the i those are all beyond all this so that is the uh, so as far as our real reality world perception world it could be maya but we have to deal only with this we deal normally we will still have our family around us our job and our deadlines and okrs and everything that will still go on and that's the only way so it's the same thing as like as swamiji explains in a dream example you could be like the richest person but in the dream you are a beggar you have to suffer only in the dream if somebody gives you money you will become rich or you could be sleeping right next to your uh, fridge and your kitchen and everything and you are suffering from hunger or thirst in your dream only the dream world has to give you a food or water only then your thirst will be quenched so now think of one more order of reality beyond what we are doing and so in this world we still have to behave treat one another with respect do every single thing nothing changes but it is just the knowledge that there is a super waker state for lack of a better word just like there is one more way of looking at this whole thing where uh, where everything is happening and it has to go according to its own rules and laws karmas ishwara god everything if you will conjure up to guide you how to do but you can have this knowledge and like a swami pieces uh, you can always go to the green room where you now know that you are actually the actor but you are playing the beggar the father the son the worker the anything that you want in the, in the world beautiful guns hey sorry uh okay video okay sorry about that um i'm i've been moving around so uh there are two links uh, to, to uh, sandeep's question uh, i'll try to uh, quickly pick them out and send send them on our whatsapp group uh, so sandeep there's uh, swami spg's lecture uh, there are two part it's a two part lecture at iit kadakpur um where he actually talks and goes really really deep into uh, the janaka story um and uh, he actually explains from uh, uh, bhagavad gita of course and uh, also from uh, i believe it is mandukya upanishad yeah uh, with and and he also says in the beginning this is the toughest upanishad and because i am at iit i am going to start uh, uh, talking about this upanishad with you all so it's a, he can be quite uh, funny as well as very piercing in his uh, the way he brings about the logic uh, there is one other lecture that he does uh, also with the janaka story at university of michigan 
which is extremely powerful because now he has a completely different audience if you think about it and he just it's a, it's a mind blowing lecture um because he answers lots of questions from the audience uh, q and a is like 45 minutes or something he gives extra time for the q and a and uh, he uh, again he brings up the janaka story and uh, i believe uh, the uh, he he does bring up the janaka story um and uh, and he talks about this is the last one he talks about what do you mean by you or i and and then he's he starts talking about what if you're a quadriplegic and he goes progressively uh, from there and then he says okay maybe i can locate myself here i'm doing a terrible job of it just go listen to the lecture uh, i'll send out the links yeah and uh, i'll i'll send it to you separately uh, i realize uh, uh, salwar is not in the group yeah yep. okay uh, guns please post it in the group too Uh, yeah in the group i'll i'll put Thank it you. there in the group also yeah okay so yeah uh, just to basically add on to whatever was spoken right i think um, uh, what is interesting is in the manisha panchakam itself we talk about the jagrat swapna sushupt issue the three states interestingly the only one commonality between all the three states what he says is the consciousness right and uh, in the jagrat state the body is active the mind is active and we use the body and mind to understand what's happening in the you know uh, in the in the waking world in the dream world it's it's uh, the body is not active i mean in the sense it's basically the mind which is playing out and uh, it is a different world so what you eat suppose you had a fantastic meal in the dream world it doesn't satiate your hunger if you went to sleep you know uh, hungry right when you get up you actually see that you're still hungry okay whatever you had in the dream did not really satiate your appetite in the waking state which means that the three worlds that is a waking deep sleep and the you know the dream state are all three different worlds okay and what is common is the consciousness so the yesach was such as basically that consciousness that is being spoken about right which is the one which is actually observing all the experiences that are happening in all the three states and then the question is therefore like you know who are you right i mean in the sense i think there i think one uh, you know place where i read was it says is uh, you know when you experiences all this right when you experience everything in one body and one mind when the consciousness experiences the bo- uh, you know uh, everything in one body and mind it is called jiva when the same consciousness okay experiences in every other body and every other mind it is the you know uh, the cosmic being right so so essentially you know that was very beautifully said that um, you know uh, which made a clear differentiation that the atman is the same everywhere but uh, the atman which is experiencing only one body and one mind is the jiva the atman which is experiencing every other body and every other mind be it an ant or a you know brahma etc across you know con- uh, continuously as a standard standard witness is the uh, indwelling god so when we say saiva saiva aham cha which is like sir evam aham uh, s- uh, sir eva aham uh, what he tries to say even spj is that sir is uh, you know uh, god and aham is i and what is linking the god and uh, i is basically the consciousness so so that's how we conclude yeah this total share krishna so can we so can we conclude that if i can feel what 
everybody else feels, every being on this planet feels, if I can somehow feel how they feel, then I'm experiencing the true reality. If I can put myself in the place of the ant, the cat, my driver, my employee, my colleague, if I can put myself in their place, in their shoes, then that is the way to go. So the you that I think uh, that's talked about, who am I? The I is beyond emotions too. So emotions is only one layer of the I. So there is a, you know, there's a Panchakosha framework, modular framework that talks about this whole thing. But the the, the real, when, when when one experiences that who are my answer, it's an experience. Uh, that's why always all the masters say, you know, I'm pointing to the, I'm a finger pointing to the moon, but it's not the moon, right? So all of these frameworks pointing to an experience, when anybody experiences that uh, answer to that question, it goes beyond, you know, the mind, the intellect, the emotions, the physical body, all of that. So I think the answer is just is more of an experience. And when that experience happens, is what all the masters, you know, scriptures talk about is when that experience happens, it's it's the aha uh, moment. Uh, that's about it. And again, it's most, everybody says that you cannot describe that in many ways. That's why, you know, there are different models, there are different frameworks that, kind of point to that experience, but uh, for sure it's not the emotions. No, the question is, how do we take this Vidya and translate it into our lives? Like how ultimately we have to live our lives with who we are, thoughts we have, the feelings we have, the intelligence we have, right? Ultimately, everything that we are learning here, we should be able to translate into our real lives, into how I interact with my wife, how I interact with my son, how I interact with my driver, how I interact with the house help that I'm that is in my house. Right? Otherwise, this video is, I mean, pardon me, otherwise it's of no use. Yeah, I think like Alpana said, right? The key is um, no anxiety, right? And just filled with joy. That's it. So if, if you're doing all of that today with no anxiety, all of that with joy, then this Vidya is not relevant at all, right? But if there is anxiety, even uh, like 1% anxiety, right? Uh, then there's, there is a blind spot in the understanding. And then you kind of, it's like a cleaning the mirror, right? So the understanding is, is, is the dirt in the mirror. So you keep on scrubbing it right, to, to get a clearer and clearer understanding. Uh, so that's really the framework. The, the real outcome is you live a totally powerful life uh, with no zero anxiety and just tremendous joy and fulfillment. And including when the moment of death comes in front of you, right? it's the same exact joy. There's no longing, no nothing there. right? Oh, my son, my property, nothing. Right? My driver, no nothing. Uh, so that's exactly the outcome once, once we experience that. So that's the outcome of the journey. Uh, so when one is establishing the powerfulness uh, all the time, in swap, you know, all this, you know, Jagrat, all of these phases, then one is, one is experienced the true I.
with a clear clarity that who he is so great muku krishna and sakuba do you do you have a point to answer what sandeep is asking no mine is no, we will we will wait for we will wait let me yeah, complete yeah. the let's complete the thread so yeah. um, uh, sandeep i have uh, uh, let me uh, let me answer it in a slightly different way what uh, it's a great question what you asked so the way that i understand understand is and go back to the shloka what we are reading today right so in the first verse verse it says that in the waking dream and deep sleep sleep states that which is an illuminator by which one comes to know and understand things that is our true nature that's what it says now go look at the second sentence the second sentence it says this from the creator down to the ant that which is a very spark of life in them which is no different than the spark of life within this individualized body okay that is a witness to the entire universe and now what what these if you combine these two shlokas the first line first verse and second verse basically what it says is that you know the the entity within ourselves that is somehow conditioned in this body body mind is the same entity as in each one of us including the driver including the wife including the ant okay it's somehow the mind within me in this body and mind sees them different so what you're trying to do is you're trying to break them break that mind such that it doesn't see the difference not not just intellectually but it just just doesn't see it okay now how, is there is there an experience that we already have where there are differences but still we don't see it different answer is yes okay think about it this way you look at your own body you have 10 fingers they are different uh, feet different stomach different uh, hands different body different but do you think yes you know that they are all different but do you think that they are all truly different or do you think that they are all associated with you answer is they are different but they are they are me okay that that uh, firm conviction that this is me comes there okay now go one level deeper look at how the body is constituted is the body just an amalgamation of living bacteria science says yes does it mean that you actually are that super entity who are assuming the identity of all the bacteria that makes up this particular body answer is yes now you extend the same argument can you think of being the super identity that's com- comprising of all the living non living being in this entire universe that's brahman that's the identity who we truly are but we don't know that and the whole spiritual knowledge is to break that misunderstanding or the wrong understanding of who we are so let me ask you a simple question right now let's say i feel somebody is trying to trick me let's say my driver right he is trying to wangle some money out of me by with some excuse or whatever it might be now how am i to treat this person right now he is brahma i am also brahma but he is trying to cheat me right yeah how I, do how i can answer how the do question, i sandeep i can answer the i got i got the question let me let me answer this you treat him in exactly the same way that you would treat in in normal life with the understanding that you are brahman and he is brahman in the in the other other way you will not treat him 
with that with that understanding that both of us are brahman but so your your impact of your treatment uh, whichever way that you would react would be quote unquote different than when you treat him exactly the same way you know if you don't want if you don't want that fellow to uh, to take money from you you treat him in exactly the same way that you would treat him otherwise but with a clear understanding that that person is also brahman and that person is me that's what you understand so sorry can you can you can you repeat that i i didn't get so how now somebody is trying to trick me right or i feel that he is trying to trick me right i know that he is brahman i know that i am brahman how do i handle the situation yeah if you don't know let's say that you don't even know that you are brahman and he is brahman how will you treat it treat that person you will treat him exactly that same way because your nature drives your behavior okay what you're trying to do is you're trying to change your nature how you're trying to change your nature is by a better understanding of who you truly are and when you get that better understanding when i say get not intellectually get okay when you get that better understanding then your response will be totally totally different can i just interject here um <clears throat> So uh, Sandeep, I would say that, you know, in such a situation, you would, um, you know, he, you know, he's trying to trick you. So the, the question is, how does that make you feel? If, if it's making you feel upset or anxious or, you know, uh, somehow hurting your ego, that's what I think these teachings help us to, um, you know, control or improve so either you you help him you give him the money and you know he's he's you know not not really deserving of it but you give him the money and then you say okay you know it's gone i've done it he might have had a reason to need it maybe he has something going on he doesn't want to tell me the truth uh, or maybe he's just you know taking advantage of me does this money mean that much to me uh, yes then you treat it differently. No, then you just give it and you put it out of your mind. I think the, the basic thing that, and, and I have seen the advantage to it myself in the past couple of years is that you stop thinking about or stop dwelling on these types of things. You know, you do what is needed in the moment and then you let it go. Let it go, meaning not forget about it, but not let it impact you all the time. Yeah, if I may just really add, nice uh, yeah, I think if I may just add, uh, yeah, Sandeep, um, I think what is important to understand is, you know, um, we are all consciousness at an Atma level, right? And, um, you know, at a body and mind level, we are all different. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if you were to take some lessons from the Gita, uh, Gita Krishna encourages, uh, you know, uh, Arjuna to actually fight on the basis of what is right and what is wrong. He's obviously talking about Dharma there. And he says it's okay to do that. But please be also clear that they're all, you know, uh, you know, at the end of it, uh, you know, uh, they may be Atmans in different bodies, but, you know, you have the right to uphold Dharma and fight against, uh, you know, what is right and what is wrong. Right. So I think the differentiation there is that not saying that you're Brahman, I'm Brahman is fine, but that doesn't mean I, 
you know, take on everything that you are trying to put on to me, right? Uh, but that understanding has to be at a conscious level. We, once you understand that, maybe, you know, over time, you will be more inclusive as a person, right? That's exactly what we also, you know, experience that we tend to look at, you know, things in a different light. Um, and uh, the world starts to look more beautiful, right? And uh, that's how you start to move forward in the journey. So I think the understanding there is that, yes, it is God. But uh, it is at the Atman level. Um, but at the mind and body level, we are different and we need to understand the differentiations there. Yeah. Okay. So, Vidya, you raised that so this to... conversation is going on. So, you have a point to make, Vidya? Yes. Thank you, um, Rajesh. Uh, Sandeep, uh, your questions are really uh, very, very nice because we were in the same position some time back. So, I just wanted to acknowledge that. And as we have come to understand more about, um, you know, this, uh, this beautiful um, way of living, the only thing I would say is whatever Rajesh and Manu and uh, um, Subbu describe, it's, it's all together. What, what, what I feel is when I was in your situation, I listened to all this and I tried to, you know, taking your example of your driver, um, I try to put myself into his shoes and try to think in a way that he's the same as me and how would he feel? And that, that's how I need to treat him. The moment I changed my view of how to treat him, he changed also. Like the other person would also change. So the moment you think that, uh, you know, you have to uphold him, not cheating you or not deceiving you or and not uh, taking advantage of you. Uh, if, if you want those results to be coming in, you want to see how you want to treat that person. Um, why is he doing that? Maybe because how you are, how you are behaving. So if you are pure in your thoughts, that purity just, uh, how do I say that? It, it just um, goes back to, to other people. Yeah, yeah exactly. It just goes back to other people and you receive the same thing back. So if you try that way, maybe it'll help. I'm I'm just putting it so simple. Uh, I think Subbu and Rajesh, you know, put it in much more uh, Vedanta way, but I'm just trying to put it very simple because that's what worked for me. Um, so maybe you can try that. But it, it, it's really good how Rajesh put it, the whole, uh, you know, the, the way he explained it. That's all. I just so wanted I guess, to add that. Thank you. Thank you, Vidya. I think wonderfully said. I think uh, yeah. even I have heard uh, Satya Sai Baba speak on this and he keeps mentioning that the whole world is a, you know, uh, a resound of what you actually are, uh, you know, uh, going through. And purity is the thing that he used to stress on also because purity leads to unity and unity leads to divinity. You know, that's how we would put it. Right. Um, I think well taken there. Thank you. And well, summarizing so I, that, so I couldn't summarize it that way. So I just wanted to say this, right? That um, today, fortunately, I have money, right? So when my driver asks me or is trying to trick me out of 20,000 rupees, it doesn't affect me, right? So I can actually apply my Vedanta and say, Oh, he's Brahma. I'm Brahma. He needs money. I don't know whether whether this is true or whether it is not true. Whether he actually needs the money or whether he's tricking me, right? 
because the money doesn't matter to me i allow it to happen right now if i am in a situation where i am earning only maybe say 40000 rupees a month right i don't know whether i would take the same position right because then that 20000 rupees that he is trying to trick me out of is material to me right now it's not material to me so i just say let it be right sandeep but, but he would not I trick can, you I can, because i can sorry, i can sorry. take this charitable stance i can take this charitable i mean of course we are talking about money ultimately it can be about anything it can be about relationships it can be about trust it can be about anything and i don't know which of the two is prevailing in me whether i read the upanishads in the gita and all that and that made me think that oh you know i must treat all beings equal and be nice and be good to everybody put myself in other people's shoes whether that is leading me to say this or whether i'm saying what the hell this money doesn't matter to me maybe it matters to him right and i will not take a stance i will not take a stance whether he actually needs the money or he doesn't need the money i think uh, the idea here is right whether whether it is we are running 40000 whether it 40000 goes away 20000 goes away 5000 goes away or 100000 goes away right like five times is whatever your salary is we staying powerful that is the intent of all this science right meaning you're not going to wake up or you know there's no anxiety role of anxiety in, in your thought process when any of this happens and that's that's i think i think uh, as you explore this science right as you kind of apply it there's not like one answer that fits everything but the key question is how are you reacting right if your reaction the idea is uh, uh, if i mean all of us will start with reacting in some powerless way right like if your point if it's 20000 i okay i don't care right but if it is if i'm making 40000 then or even if you say i don't care at some point corner of the mind will say is he taking advantage of me am i doing moral right ethical right lot of questions will keep doubts will come the whole intent of the science is against to just stay empowered and powerful uh, and and i think that that is the answer right there's not like a not every life situation can be given an answer but as long as the uh, like vidya said i think you can stay powerful how you react is is really the question here uh, and also mano alluded to that right it's not about what happens outside it's always about how you react from inside and uh, if there is anxiety look in and then try to apply the science right if different frameworks there are hundreds of models in the framework Uh, if there's zero anxiety then possibly you can skip it, skip the chapter and move on that's what i would put it there's not so, not I, like I a real rajesh, social you, answer to that yeah there's no real social I, answer I, to that i know rajesh you don't you, you i think you 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 want to kind of move on but this one thing i'd say sandeep is that you know uh, it's not to say that you just give in to whatever somebody asks you will obviously try and understand the situation if it is a somebody is doing a fraud you probably call that person out etc etc uh, and if but, but the bottom line is that you give that person the benefit of doubt in most circumstances that's how i think about it and you try and help to the extent you can it's not like you know if somebody you know wants 20000 and you you don't feel convinced you might say well i can only do 5 or 2 or 1 or whatever if the whole idea is the mindset is one of 
not being judgmental about others and trying to help to the extent that you can and not feeling like and, and not kind of it doesn't mean that you know you let people kind of take advantage of you so it, it's a bit of a delicate balance and so there's no right answer as Muka was saying but you do it in a manner that you are uh, just generally helping others and not being judgmental about that. In some yeah, sense, just, in some sense uh, the attachment to what, you know, the attachment is, determines our response. So if one is not, one is attached to money, then the response will be a particular way. One is not attached to money, the response will be in a different way. So it, it goes back to Gita chapter one again. Okay, how, how are we, what's our attachment? Raga Dvesha goes back to that again. All right, Alpana, I know you had something, you were saying something and I interrupted you. Apologize. Go ahead, go ahead with that, and then we will switch to Krishna too. Yeah, no, no, no. I think everybody has said that, but I was just asking the question, Sandeep, how important it is for you to not to be tricked? What is what difference does it make, even if you're tricked? Um, I think it is our ego which comes in when we feel I shouldn't be tricked. Even if the and and if you look at Maya is the biggest one which is tricking us all the time. And what do we say about it? Nothing. So we are being tricked all the time. How, how much is it important that your driver tricks you or not? I do understand, yes, we are in a position where we can share the money. Um, but I think, yeah, once given, I think um, if we can forget about it, not have anxiety about what he used. And if we are short of money, but if we want to help, I would say go and say okay what do you want this money for and directly go and make the payment there then you know it's not if if it is important that you know it is it is a hard-earned money and you want it to be really used for what he's asking for directly make the payment there so there are some ways if we are anxious about it to resolve it but at the same time think how important it is that we are not tricked all right. and, and I think also, so, you know, if the answer turns out to be no, that no, I don't want to give you the money because I think you're going to use it for, you know, purposes that I'm not on board for, then it's okay to say no. But I, I think bottom line is whatever decision you make that, you know, you don't dwell on it. You, you have to consider all the, the information you have, make your decision and then move on. So the confusion in my mind is that, am I helping Adharma? Right? One is the money. Suppose I don't care about the money. Right? The money I can afford to give away, it goes away, I don't care. I Hopefully it helps him. That's great. But what if I am helping Adharma? If by giving this money, am I doing the wrong thing? No, I don't think it's in our hands to judge that. And that's the beautiful story that Krishna once told Arjun, that Karna is a bigger giver than you. because And he said, okay, how do you prove it? He gave uh, some money to Arjun that go and distribute it in a village. And then he gave the same money to Karna. Now Arjun did all the due diligence, who needs it, who needs how much, he did all the calculation and went ahead and gave the money appropriately. Whereas Karna went and gave it to the head, this is all the money, please distribute it. So, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, 
I know it isn't a very apt uh, story, but that gives the state of the giver that, you know, you want to give the money, give it to, if you think it is fine, what the other person uses is not in your control and uh, you shouldn't care about that, that too much. All right. Thanks, Apna. All right. Was, and I know that good. this is this this will kind of you know open up a lot of things, and we'll continue the discussions. And if it's uh, and if Sandeep, great questions and you know great uh, feedback. If if it has not satisfied uh, all the answers in any one of us, no problem because this is a topic that will keep continue uh, continue to come up. With that, Krishna, you know we go ahead with with your. Ah, okay. So um, just start to. Aha moments, like one one was related to actually the dream state, which is also the Jagrat Swapna Sushupti. So as Swamiji mentioned, there's a nice thing that I never thought about. We all generally can tell when a dream ends because we wake up, say it's a nightmare. I just got up. You can even note down the time, 3.40 a.m. But uh, almost none of us can say when the dream started. So that's like got a very good parallel to uh, how when people ask how the world started and so on. The second nice parallel is uh, when the dream starts, you're already in a world, a lot of other characters are happening, things are happening, it all just appeared. You don't like dream in sequence from the Big Bang evolution all the way to today. Uh, so that's the second thing, like how everything just appears. That's like a very nice, another analogy that's used to describe the Maya of the projection, why it happens and the reason why we do not know, just happens. And then the third uh, interesting thing to add this like, the, the whole concept of space, time, people, energy, matter, everything is completely created by yourself. And you're also the one playing all the other characters and actions and everything that's happening, both animate and inanimate. And the concept of space and time is also lost. And, and even with like experiments, I believe they find that we actually dream only for somewhere between 90 to 120 seconds uh, in the short bursts. But what we dream sometimes could be in the order of months, weeks, or even year's time frame and uh, I thought all those three points were like this phenomenal how like the dream world and that's why Shankaracharya very nicely says Jagrat, Swapna and Sushupti and uh, like how how the dream state kind of explains if we were to take a step back if we can uh, like how our real world like all seems to have come up we all do and so on so that was, um, that was one thing connection to the the dream one I thought somebody had a question did you want or I can move to the next aha moment go ahead Ah, nothing. Okay. Oh, so the, the second one was um, a little bit on the uh, the Pragnanam Brahma, the Mahavakyam that's analyzed in verse 1. Uh, it is part of Aitareya Upanishad. And it's again like a very nice uh, backstory to it. Uh, so so the way the very quickly the Vedas are like four Vedas, and each Vedas has got four sections, right? So there is the mantras, the Brahmanas, uh, the Aranyakas and then the Vedanta, which is the Upanishads. So it's like this four section. But uh, interestingly, the the just because this Upanishad does not mean it needs to always be in the end, even though it's classified there. This one occurs in the Rigveda Aranyaka. So that is one. And then the second thing is it's uh, again goes back to our culture. This is a matrionomic name. So Itara is the mother of Aitreya Maharshi. And Itara Putra becomes Aitreya. So it's a very interesting story yes. of how uh, there's a Rishi who had many wives and Itara was one of the wife, but not as well treated. And uh, her son, Mahidasa, means who's like a slave of earth because he liked earth so much. Uh, he was just called Mahidasa. 
was not treated very well either so he was kind of feeling left out from the classes i'm not able to learn from my father or learn from my guru both us happen to be the same so his uh, mother prays deeply to mother earth hey i name my son after you he likes you so much so why don't you kind of uh, take mercy on him and mother earth comes and teaches him everything so uh, that is how he be- he like then becomes all the aitreya brahmana that he narrates and everything and then part of that <coughs> 33 verses becomes the aitreya upanishad so that's the story behind the upanishad and from where we get the mahavakyam prajnanam brahma and rigveda which is the uh, example used in verse 1 thank you so where does this sorry just i had a question there uh, krishna you know where does this prajnana brahma get related to this first words i mean i never i couldn't make that connections ah that's a good point like i i uh, I, i wonder if subhu had that thing so in the in the four lines there is this uh, the exact word prajnanam brahma is not there but Correct. what is is the concept like sa eva aham is like probably the equivalent like the one that is there that is everywhere in jagrat swapna or from brahma all the way to pipilika so that is consciousness is everywhere right. the one yeah. that is always seeing and then that concludes right. with the mahavakyam sa eva aham he is that that is me and that is the concept behind prajnana brahma that is how correct. i understood understood correct understood okay because I, i i was just wondering if that word was used no no anywhere in the uh, in the in the verse so the word prajnana is not prajnana brahma as a phrase there is prajnana uh, in the verse right go ahead sakuba yeah no i just wanted to share that i like the usage of the word uh, uh, jagat sakshini in the feminine gender and i i you know and i think what uh, uh, krishna to explain now is also kind of related to that from a you know i mean the society would have been uh, from a uh, maternal perspective and not it was not a patriarchal kind of thing so so is that i'm mean, i'm sure it is not used in a random way right it is it has been used consciously that way well sir just come again yes. sorry the word jagat sakshini yeah yeah is used in the fem- i mean it's it's a feminine okay. uh, the okay. thing of the witness okay actually spg says it is sa ev so that is referring to sa is uh, devi so not okay. he he is okay. she is <laughs> so even there it is used as sa not sir okay okay sa sa means devi sa mean no sa means she sa she. means he sa means she okay so he said uh, it says i am she which is <laughs> uh, sa va ham is i am she Okay. Yeah, no. So one or two other um, aha moments. I thought uh, the definition of Mahavakya itself was very interesting and nice for me. You know, so it says basically three things uh, about Mahavakya. One is wisdom and concise in a few words. Okay, and the second thing was the second and third was what was really nice because it says um, it promotes uh, contemplation. that is the second thing the first is it's a wisdom of few words second thing is it promotes uh, contemplation and third is it achieves transformation yeah so for ramana maharshi who am i was the you know uh, mahavakya 
right um and uh, you know manisha panjakam has uh, four mahavakyas in the first four verses right pragyanam brahma from rigveda then you have am brahma asmi tattvam asi then i am atma brahma and then moksha se ananda in the last one so so i think that definition of mahavakya itself was very interesting and that is not just for uh, spiritual thing and even for einstein it is said the mahavakya is easy equal to mc squared right it made him really uh, so concise uh, in terms of wisdom uh promotes uh, contemplation and uh, achieves transformation so that is one aha moment for me um the other thing is that i really liked uh, spj talking about uh, you know uh what an experience is so he concludes of course his lecture was almost nar i think which alpana shared uh but i think what well, the point he made was you know consciousness which is there in all the three states right which is what the manisha panchakam is about um so consciousness plus object is equal to experience that's how he had put it in a very simple mathematical formula right so uh, the objects that we are experiencing are uh, you know uh, the maya and the consciousness is the one which is like permanent and it is uh, everywhere right and the second way he defined consciousness was uh, that which is not classified as this okay um you know uh, whatever is classified as this is not consciousness what is not this is the consciousness what is left behind so if you say uh, this is a pen this is a thing etc it is not consciousness because it is this so then this body the body is not consciousness this mind this this so i think the example was very beautiful i don't think i will be able to bring that fully because uh, it it he took it along a journey uh but then how we defined uh, vedanta uh, as per him how he defined consciousness is that, that which is not cannot be classified as this okay that was the other thing that i took which was interesting and uh, and the last one i think i spoke earlier that is uh, uh, the consciousness in one body and mind is jiva and consciousness which is experiencing every other body and mind is the cosmic um, um, you know uh, being right and uh, yeah that's about it from my side yeah thank you yeah awesome so um, just to add to you know i was going through this and one thing which struck me was that uh, uh, different uh, different mahavakyas are for different type of people and how do you how do you know which mahavakya suits you so one lecture what what i heard was that uh, see most of us come under a rishi tradition okay actually all of us come under a particular rishi tradition and those rishis follow a particular uh, veda so for example uh, if you go back and look at uh, this this thing called pravara right which talks about the lineage of who we are uh, it tells you which veda you are supposed to be following as a tradition in your family or in your in your uh, uh, in your birth for example i am i am supposed to be following yajur veda okay so uh, so whatever is the uh, uh, upanishad corresponding to yajurveda is what is quote unquote the first to be learned by me as an individual likewise for each one of for each one of you but the, but the, but that's not the what i'm trying to say what i'm trying to say here is that how do you remember which uh, uh, you know which uh, 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 upanishad is in which veda and you know the way that i remember is if you look at it it's a b c m okay so uh, abcm and you know the vedas obviously you know rig yajur sama atharvana veda that's the four sequence so rig is a uh, atharva aitareya upanishad uh, yajur is uh, b is brihadaranyaka uh, sama uh, sama is uh, c which is chandogya d is the only thing that you let remember is m mandukya and then the corresponding uh, you know mantras the the mahavakyas in those so if you remember abcm then i think you know you're able to figure out and you know at least map these three things together i just want to you know keep that uh, keep it in the back of your mind and 
ओके संदीप सो वन आहा मोमेंट फॉर मी वाज दैट अपेरेंटली रमना महर्षि वाज आस्ट हाउ शल वी ट्रीट अदर्स राइट and ramana maharishi says there are no others and i thought that was just beautiful right and that's like it has like actually a practical implication in our lives that there are no others we are all, i mean i am everything right if if i am everything there are no others everybody is me right and that's so powerful absolutely yeah, well well said well said Beautiful. that's ultimate yeah in fact um, you know uh, we have this concept of uh, dvaitam vishishadvaitam and advaitam right so in the in the first leg is you know uh, when you say dvaitam you say i adore the light so i am different god is different so i adore god so you know i adore the light the second stage is that you know as you move forward like uh, you come to vishishtadvainam you say the light is in me right and then when you come to advaitam you say i am the light right so so that's how it actually moves yeah that's one way of moving it's not, a not... very nice, very nice one similar to what when hanuman was asked what's your relationship to ram yeah, yeah, he yeah, said exactly yeah. as a body i am his das yeah, yeah. and that is dwait then as a subtle body i am his part which is the vishishta dwaita and as atman i am same as ram which is advaita uh, i just wanted to add one more thing about related to the 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 dream state when when krishna was very nicely explaining it one thing i wanted to add was actually deep sleep is the default state from which we go into the waking Uh, state or dream state so that's why in some traditions they don't have three realities normally we consider the absolute reality as the parmarthik satya which is the uh, brahman and then transactional reality is this waking world and then pratibhasik reality is the dream world but in some cases it's just two so it is all pratibhasik whether it is the waking state or the dream state because there's no difference between the two uh so so that was uh, what i wanted to just add on that dream state thank you alpana we got two hands raised one minute more and uh, uday go first hey quick one the question to you gutax you said uh, the mahavakya corresponding to your this thing find the rishi and then the this thing right so up to rishi i can find but how do i know the veda corresponding to the rishi name so when hey, when one does sandhya vandanam right there is something called uh, uh, when when one one is given the thread ceremony you are taught what is called as pravara pravara basically you know it goes like this chatushagara paryantam go brahmana go brahmana shubhamastu bhargava chyavana aurva apnavana javadagnya arshaya pravarannita srivatsa gotraha apastamba sutraha rajesh sharmana ambo abivadaye so you are praying to the entire lineage so that thing embeds the rishis who you are and which uh, which veda you follow and all that so basically you know you need to go back and talk to the elders in your family to and identify 
the uh, the the pravara for yourself everything will be the same okay the, your gotra will be the same the 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 rishis that you follow will be the same except the name will change that's all okay thanks vidya yeah so um i did have aha moment but before that i just wanted to say what alpana said uh, the dream state the deep sleep state and and the waking state for me uh, i don't remember any dreams for i don't know why i go from waking to directly deep sleep uh, so sometimes you know the first two lines it it's difficult for me to understand but still i i really liked this dridapa pragyapi yasyati chet i really like that because if you are if your thoughts are uh, very clear like you have purity in your thoughts then you can really reach who you are to who others are and um, it's all the same so that really uh, is a aha moment for me thank you and drida pragya can also be probably translated as stita pragya which is chapter 2 yes absolutely stita pragya okay with that we are just one minute ahead of our time i think uh, um, let's uh, say a concluding prayer and for next week we will do the uh, uh, panchakam uh, uh, verse number 2 okay we'll say the prayer in the lecture rajesh in the lecture it is in three together so do you want to cover both or just one ah we can do two two and three together sorry i was not i, I just said you know i'm going to go one one shloka at a time so i probably i, I didn't look ahead i apologize for that we'll do two and three no, no, no. we'll do two, two and three alpana and this format is great uh, thank you i love it the 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 way we chant and start thank you yeah, and just to just to it's you know so request cool. volunteers cool. to help us out to put together this thing you know there's a shared google docs that uh, subbu and uh, uh, sakuba have put together and subbu has taken the lead on manisha panchakam but when we get to chapter 7 you know some of us can volunteer to put that thing in the same format and it will be easy for all of us to kind of you know do it uh, this way so that you should we do one at a time rather than two i mean i'm just wondering why are we i mean each of these verses are quite deep i don't know what the other others think What's the question, Ajay? SPG's lectures, I believe he's covering. I mean, he might have covered it in one lecture, but can we can we just do a verse at a time rather than two? I would like one one at a time as well. Um, two is too much. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just that the quality of discussion would be better. I think. Sure, sure. Let's do just one. Okay. So. there goes so it's uh, verse number 2 for next week and let's say the concluding prayer now om sarve bhavantu sukhinah sarve santu niramaya sarve bhadrani pashyantu ma kaschid dukha bhaga bhavet om shanti 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 श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओंजॉय वीकेंड एंड सी यू नेक्स्ट वीक हरि ओम थैंक यू हरि ओम एवरीवन थैंक यू बाय बाय सी